are here today on the intersection, the intersection between business and art, interviewing and having conversations with the widest spectrum of creatives and entertainers and entrepreneurs and technologists and trying to create a common ground. Today, I am here with the one and only Eric Zhu, a 15, 15-year-old serial entrepreneur. I mean, I thought I was an entrepreneur when I was 15, but this guy has successfully exited companies. He's an investor at Bachmanity Fund. He uh, raised $100,000 from the bathroom of his high school, which is the last place that I feel like I would do a video call to try and raise money, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> but this guy is really- Raise more now. Raise more now. <laughs> I mean, no, you're definitely more impressive. You, you like record like a whole entire label in the bathroom so <laughs> well we we've, we've both done some uh noteworthy high school activities in the bathroom well welcome welcome eric to the intersection i'm so happy to to have you here today i mean you know glad, glad to be on i used to cut class to take calls for projects i was working on at the time but i would use like the hallway or i would like st- I, or the stairwell but i never thought to go into the bathroom especially to take like <laughs> a video call why 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 the bathroom amateurs you know i convinced my counsel about like urinary issues and now there's like pink pass and i could go to the bathroom whenever i want did you really? Is that really what you did? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, it, it, it's inside my backpack. Um, but basically how it started was like, I, initially I started at the janitor's closet, right? And um, inside the janitor's closet, there was like a nice rack that I, I took a call. In. I think someone tweeted about this. I like took a call in the janitor's closet and then I got kicked out. And he's like, whatever you want to do, like, don't, don't do your shit here. Like, do it somewhere else. And so, like, I was in the middle of the call, and I just quickly went into the bathroom, and I took the call, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, this, this is my new space, you know? And, like, since then, we've renovated it. I hired this kid from our school, and now we work at the same stall, you know? So, so that's, that's where it's all at. And we, we added a standing desk to it, the, the, the sink, you know, and, and a ton of different stuff. <laughs> we're we're going to add ring lights and, and microphones soon, so, Yeah. I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of people hearing that you're a 14 or 15-year-old investor might throw people off and, <laughs> and that they, ha- they might dismiss it as, as silly or possibly unreal or if it is real due to some like trust fund baby scenario. So what do you tell people who think that you're like illegitimate as a, as a 15-year-old? So um, I still remember this tweet. It was a uh, Megan Loist. She she's like the Gen Z VCs person, right? She posted this tweet out saying that, oh, you know, I met this like wildly impressive um, fifth or fourteen year old back then. And when she pushed out that tweet, a bunch of people were like, oh, you know, like a fifteen or like a fourteen year old can't be doing this. It's impossible. Or like you probably have like really rich parents or something like that. So those are like the assumptions you get when you like say that you're an investor or like a fund. And like none of those are true, right? Like most of the stuff just starts as a joke and then it kind of turns into an actual company. So that that's where a lot of the good stuff is. So, Well, I can see I can see why they assume that because your, your situation is unusual. But I'm sure there are a lot of young people like you out there. Um, speaking of which, when... 
I was 15, something that seemed like a big struggle was to find other entrepreneurial, like-minded people, people who are building, people who are working on stuff. And this seems to be a sentiment that's echoed by a lot of other young entrepreneurs or founders that I meet. How do you find other people that are also building cool stuff? Do you have any tidbits or tips or tricks for other young people to find their tribe of builders in the world? So I'd say like online communities was like a really big thing when I was starting. Um, there was this thing called Gen Z Mafia, right? And it was just this, like Discord server. And it's crazy. It sounds ridiculous, but it's crazy how much, you know, people you could meet through a Discord server. When everyone was online, you had so many people in this Discord server that you had like really, really smart thinkers, right? People that raised a ton of money, people that are really reputable. And they're, they're just really low-key in, in, inside this one Discord. And like I just leveraged that and got jobs, so on and so forth. But I feel like there's this one community um, that young people should definitely check out. Uh, 1517 Fund, uh, ran by Danielle yep. and Michael Gibson. Um, <coughs> they have like a really good community of teenage founders. Yeah, shout out to Danielle at 1517. I met them when I was 17. So I guess we'll uh, dive straight into Aviado. How are you making it more simple and cooler and just a better overall experience for VCs and, and uh, angel investors and whoever to connect with founders and startups. And why is it uncool today? One of the calls that I took that was like really, really memorable, or two calls, right? One of them was with the president of Y Combinator, and another one was with John Kogan. He's the founder of Soylent. We had like an hour long chat, and I was like, okay, so what makes like Y Combinator super special? compared to all the other, you know, things out there, accelerators, funds, so on and so forth. And it's just that their model, right? How it works is somewhat like Tinder and TikTok. Basically, they would watch a video, they would look at some diligence materials, and then they would decide whether to take a call or not. And if we could put this infrastructure back in to like a lot more VC funds, it would just make a lot more sense and it would filter through the noise and get through all the real stuff, right? And save a lot of time and calls, giving more founders an opportunity to basically pitch to a VC. Um, because Y Combinator, they like, they look at every single application, but they make it very, very fast, right? We, we did a beta with 20 funds, and that's been working really, really well. Like, we have over 100 applications coming through per day. I think now we've scraped well, over 2.3 million, 2 million startup data points from, like, all the publicly available data sources. Hmm. Um, and we're building one of the biggest databases of startups on where, essentially, like, investors can sort and filter through startups made by UC Berkeley students or startups made by top college um, or dropouts or, you know, more, more prominent, like to succeed and that kind of stuff, filter through all of it. Um, and it would show you startups based on that. So we're adding a recommendation algorithm in like sourcing and that kind of stuff. So going through the line, you know, of building, making venture capital just way more efficient and data driven. What are your plans for when you graduate high school? How do you feel about the higher education system i feel like at the, at this moment it's really inefficient and this is like not <laughs> even this is not even like a contrarian view anymore it's not at this it's, point. you're right it's like everyone knows that it's just a simple simple truth right you tweeted last year that uh, nfts are overrated do you still oh stand? you went you went all the way back to last year. <laughs> do you still stand by this because i kind of yeah. i personally agree <laughs> but sorry to my NFT Dude. friends out there. <laughs> Tim, you went deep. Wow. This is, how I, this is like my tweets. 
I uh, yeah. So I I made a bet with my friend. I was like, you know what, Web three is a fad. It's basically based on hype and that kind of stuff. It's gonna die in a year. He didn't believe me. It was like at the top, people were making so much freaking money, and they actually texted me back um a few weeks ago. And they're like, yeah, you're right. I lost most of my money. Damn. Um, <laughs> so sad. Um, but also good because I, I got twenty bucks from that. Um, <laughs> so. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so is that all you have to say? $20 more. <laughs> I put $20 more into the hole. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm not too bullish on Web3 or NFTs. With startups, yeah, there's somewhat of a barrier to entry. What makes Web3, like, really cool is that, like, anyone can do it. And when everyone can do it, there's just going to be some content or quality dilution. And that just usually doesn't end up really well. It's kind of like the internet boom. Everyone with, like, a f- half-functional brain made something web three and it got to that level where it's like it's like yeah where it's like um yeah it's like it just went too high valuations were crazy and it just popped and it's probably going to build something sustainable in like the next five to ten years but i don't see anything like the next year or two that's gonna come up everything is gonna come up after this but it's like after ftx and after it's just like gonna, gonna be like a wave or like a ripple effect and it's not gonna be too good Hmm, hmm, hmm. I like that. So, well, I don't know. I I don't know if like is. I resonate with that. So uh, <laughs> now, now I got to check my tweets. Like, like two years ago, I, I might get more twenty dollars. You know. Another tweet you made was that. Uh, oh, you, you <laughs> my old tweets. <laughs> well, well, some of these are very cool to me. Some of these are very cool to me. Go to VCs for money, and you'll get advice. Go to VCs for advice, and you'll get money. I think that's so true. What is it about this indirect slow game that is the key to like raising venture capital? Damn, I actually used to add value on Twitter. I'm <laughs> forgetting all those tweets. Um, the best way to reach out is basically asking for advice, right? Oh, can you check my go-to-market plan? Can you, you know, check if if my product works? You know, you, you reach out to like that, and they're gonna respond to you. If you ask them for money, they're going to give you advice. They're going to be like, oh, you know, you asked me for money. I don't really know you just in general. Um, you know, why should I give you money, right? Uh, when I email someone or when I cold outreach someone, either it's like I make, that, I make up that I know this person and you know this person too. And he told, you, he told me how cool you are. Or it's that um, I would ask them for advice. And that's been just really converting too. Like I would ask them, you know, what's... Like, can you try out our product? Can you look at our go-to-market? Can you take a look at our deck? Um, you know, can you can you look at our office? You know, like, like all those different things. So, <laughs> uh, it seems like more than a few notable notable people have blocked you on Twitter. <laughs> so, uh, what is this? Six, mis- only six people. <laughs> <laughs> what is this mischievous court jesterness of Eric Zhu's Twitter? Activities. Mark blocked me because I made an <laughs> egg joke. Like after Tom Brady came back to the NFL, I made like an egg joke saying that Tom Brady dropped an egg in the office and he blocked me. We Do you think we, that was worth him blocking you? Do you think you deserved the block? No, uh, yes. Um, who knows? He might unblock me soon. <laughs> I don't um, think the joke is that bad. I think he'll unblock you one day. Anyway, yes, continuing in the list. Yeah. Uh, Sahil Lavinga. That guy absolutely hates me, and basically, 
So back then, how I, how I like really met with those VCs, I like made a Calendly scraper, right? It would put Twitter usernames behind a Calendly link, and then it would schedule meetings with them automatically. And like that's what I did for like a while, right? One of the people I hopped on call with was him. Um, and he's like, you know, never book a meeting for my Calendly ever again. And yeah, he blocked me because I web scraped his Calendly link. And like when you put Twitter uh, usernames, you had a Calendly link. So I scheduled a meeting with him that he didn't know. And he, I kind of keep tra- kept track of his calendar. I don't want to say any bad things. So r- r- I understand. We're going <laughs> to we're going to keep we're going to maintain your good reputation. I think this <laughs> my pristine <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> I don't know if it's too pristine. <laughs> T- tell us more about uh, Bachmanity Fund and like I'm still trying to wrap my head a little bit around your guys' thesis. I want to know uh, more about the industries you want to focus on and the people behind it and where you hope to take it and just the the, the founders in general <coughs> that you like to surround yourself with and potentially invest in and like what you find interesting in investing in. Yeah, so low-key, it's really just investing whatever's cool. Kind of hanging around, you know, hanging in there. Um, we're backed by the J&J and, um, you know, we my co-founder likes to focus on mental health and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I do fintech enterprise you know, we're, we're more of like a, that industry agnostic, invest in whatever's cool. I really just do invest in the founder. Like if I see a founder is just super special and I see that, oh, they're going to perform way better than anyone else, I would write a check to them um, just because like I product doesn't really matter, right? <coughs> if, you have a, if you have a good founder, they're going to do something great later on too. And they're going to be able to pivot. Like you have to have like somewhat of a decent pro or like somewhat decent idea and you have a, you, you need to have a really good operator. And then from that, um, that those are like the teams that I want to invest in is just like really great operator. Um, maybe like initial decent V1 idea. I like to go early stage and help the founder throughout the whole entire process. Um, right. Doing the intros and everything. We have like such a good celebrity network. Like we have people from the NBA, um, we have people from like Justin Bieber and like all those from celebrity agencies and that kind of stuff. You know, um, little, little Nas X. Like we have a crazy. How did you um, meet all of them? So our our partners of the fund. Um, one used to be uh, in charge of like all the sponsorships f- for the uh, NBA, and also another one hmm. ran a really big celebrity agency, and also a lot of uh, and uh, yeah, we we have like a lot of connections to celebrities and all of that. So if you're a consumer product too, pitch us because. We got a ton of people, but yeah. Mr. Eric Zhu, how can people reach out to you? And is there anyone you're interested in connecting with in any <coughs> industry that might not just be people in tech, but anybody who's working on, who's a, who's a visual artist or a musician or they're a cinematographer or any kind of stuff in the creative realm as well? Definitely. Yeah, you know, if you like search on my name or if you see my Twitter, I'm like EricZ105 everywhere. So kind of lame numbers, but yeah, I'm there. Um, but yeah, and also someone I'd like to meet is some, someone that would lend me their ID so I could actually get my OnlyFans like verified so I could start posting content. It's like um, tw- Twitter, Twitter is dying. I'm going to go back to OnlyFans. Yeah, no, this is a good tweet. <laughs> I, I might tweet that. <laughs> well... Thank you again. Thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, yeah, thanks, Eric. <laughs> yeah, I mean, awesome, awesome catch up. We got to catch up later too. So yeah. We should. And, we'll and, have and, our regular and, catch up later. <laughs> yeah.